0: Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With
1: each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nathalie Barbek and Jessica Falcon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radically Embody Love. I'm Nasrin Barbek here with my lovely co-host Jessica Falcon. And in this episode, we're going to talk about surrender. And I'm going to start with saying what I think surrender is not. Because I know to some people, surrender has a negative uh, connotation. Uh, it might mean to them giving up or not taking action or just being passive. And to me, that's what surrender is not. It doesn't mean that we are not actively taking action or it doesn't mean we are giving up. To me, what surrender is is accepting what life is in this present moment and that can be a challenge of course because for that to be our guide we need to be fully aware and in the present moment and then accepting it doesn't again mean that we don't want to necessarily take action but at that moment We are aware if there any resistance arises from what is. And resistance is what causes us the pain and suffering. And if we step back, then we can actually take the right action. It means that we are not reacting to the present moment because of unconscious awareness of what is coming up within us, the resistance, the blocks, what we are witnessing what is without judgment and accepting the moment as it is and then making the right decision for us. And always uh, when I think about surrender, I think about this story, which I will share maybe a little bit later, but Jessica, before I do that,
0: I wanna hear from you. Hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed hearing you describe what surrender is not. And I also think before we delve deeper into the conversation, I'd love to talk about like, what are we even surrendering to? Because the word is used so often. And the way I heard you describe it, is that we're surrendering into the now we're surrendering into the present moment. And for me, I know I've used the word surrender in so many different contexts, that what I ultimately feel like when I'm talking about, okay, I just need to surrender. It is the present moment, but it's even deeper than that. It's like surrendering into soul, like surrendering into truth. And really it's like, what is in me? What is here? What wants to be felt? What wants to be expressed? What wants to be heard? What is the truth within me I get to surrender into? what is the truth within me that my soul wants me to accept and hear and honor and not resist and so what i hear is both saying is like regardless of whether we're surrendering to the present moment or we're surrendering into soul or just surrendering into what is that the point is no resistance and not fighting against what is be in oneself be in the environment be in another person not trying to i don't know for me i really struggled with this for a very long time because there were so many relationships or moments in my life i did not want to be radically honest with myself about what i saw in a person what i felt what i witnessed what i experienced and that meant i was resisting because i was resisting the pain of the reality of say that person's behavior or energy or something i didn't want to feel and so i couldn't surrender into say the truth of a relationship because unconsciously i was avoiding pain didn't even realize how much i was avoiding pain so i couldn't surrender or i had so much unconscious fear or conscious fear of if i surrender into the soul truth then I'm, there's too many fears there. Like, I can't do that. Right? Like, even when I got the call when I was a criminal prosecutor to leave everything, and to go on a spiritual pilgrimage to Europe, I struggled, I resisted that calling for so long, because I just told myself, but it's crazy. There's no way it's irresponsible. How could I do that? I don't have the money. I don't, I don't know how, and I would resist and resist and resist because even though I felt it so strongly and it was the sole truth, it was the only sole truth of that moment really calling for me. I had too many fears that stopped me from surrendering into that calling. And I think that is so common that the reason, and this is really important for us to talk about, I think the reason we don't surrender, the reason we resist is because of what's underneath that, because of what we don't want to see.
1: I agree. but. It, the end the present moment is a portal to that truth, because every time i felt and i had an experience you know not so long ago that i always remind myself of that moment that i was walking my dog and i was so into what was i was gonna do the, to, my to-do list what was going on in my life All of a sudden, I noticed my body was very tense. And the moment I brought myself back to the present moment, I realized there's nothing wrong. In this moment, it was a perfect day, sunny day. My dog was happily walking around, beautiful flower around me. But I was so into the fear of what was and what's going to happen and what I need to do that i didn't have that opportunity of realizing at that present moment that everything is perfect the way it is if this moment right that's why mm-hmm. i said the present moment is the portal to then i surrender and i notice my body really relaxed and i start enjoying what was around me what life had to offer me but reminding ourselves and bringing ourselves keep Bringing ourselves back to the present moment because every time we are in the past or even future, that's when the resistance arises the fear of experience of past, what it was, and unknown of future. But if we constantly bring ourselves back, I can say for most of us, we can be honest and say, in this moment. Things are just fine, right? And that gives us the opening, the portal to letting go and surrender to that moment. And then from that place, uh, perhaps
0: view life in a different way. I absolutely agree that our power is in the present, and we cannot begin our power unless we're in the present. Because if we're not present, we're not conscious, we're not here, we're not with what is. However, I think when we're looking at surrender, before I continue, I wanna clarify, like there's surrendering into the moment and then there's like surrendering into truth and there's surrendering into the reality of certain situations. And, and just for the listeners, it can be really confusing for the mind because we use the word surrender in so many different contexts in society that it can really easily be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And for me in this particular context, in this next few sentences, I want to talk about like surrendering into soul truth and because it is through the present that we do create, as you were mentioning, that awareness of what is creating the resistance or, you know, in each present moment, it's true, right? This is all we have. But well, what the mind does, and, and this is part of being human, like it or not, what the mind does is it goes, but I tried that before and it didn't work. Or the mind says, but how? Or the mind says, well, if I surrender into this truth, I'm going to have to feel all this pain I don't want to feel. Or right, the mind then takes us out. And, and in part, it's to protect us because, because we are human and we have these physical lives. and. We have bills to pay and we have people to be responsible for and we have decisions to make and so the mind is going hey 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 based on the past or based on unknown, I have this fear and this resistance to this truth or this reality this situation so. How can we then use that to gain our power back well to create choice well for me that's being present with right okay well, what's coming up looking at it and that's where i would say if possible pick out a pen and paper or voice record if you don't like the journal or sit with and inquire into the body what is really going on here why am i so afraid of this truth why am i so afraid of what's happening why am i so or in your example why am i so stressed what, what am i actually afraid of underneath that and sitting with, I'll just keep using the example I gave earlier, because it's, I think, what a lot of people can relate to, of feeling a call to do something, and not surrendering to it, because they're afraid, and the mind lists all these reasons not to, that when I had that, when I really started to look at, well, what am I so afraid of? Well, the judgment, how irresponsible, and I was judged, and I was afraid of, not having enough money i was afraid of being destitute i was afraid of leaving everything i'd spent 10 years to build i was afraid of the consequences i was afraid of leaving and then having to come back to a life i didn't even want to live anymore i was afraid of so many things and i didn't actually heal any of those fears before i ultimately surrendered because we don't have to in that moment i didn't have to face every single fear and absolve it and get rid of it i just had to choose to trust anyway i chose to surrender anyway despite the fears but seeing those fears and especially as they continued to come up because i hadn't healed them allowed me to really reclaim my power back from them so that now we're looking at 10 years later almost to the month next month is exactly 10 years since i left everything then now it, it, instead of taking me months or years to trust a soul truth, it can happen in a second. It can happen in a moment. It can happen in 10 minutes. Because now I trust myself. And now I trust my soul. And now I'm in union with that. But it can take a lot of inner work to get to that point.
1: And as you mentioned, it's like trusting yourself and trusting life. That sometimes we don't see the wisdom of life and, you know, in is what is happening at that moment. And that brings me to the story I wanted to share because I always think about, you know, the story of the wise farmer who had a horse, and then and one day his horse ran away, and the neighbor comes to him and said, unlucky this is really bad that's the only horse you had and you don't have much and then your horse ran away and he says well that's not good or bad that's what is you know and then next day the horse comes back with another 11 wild horses and the neighbor comes and says how lucky you are look you had one and now you have 12 horses and he said well that's not good or bad that's what is and then his only son was training the horses and one of the wild horses couldn't be tamed, picked the son and break his leg. And the next day the neighbor comes and says, Well, that's very unlucky for you. You only have one son and who's gonna marry him? He's like disabled now. And the farmer says the same thing. This is not good or bad, it is. And then there's a war going on, and then the army comes to the village and takes all the young men who are capable to the war, and they don't take his son because he, his uh, leg was broken. And the neighbor comes and says, what a lucky guy you are. You only, you're the only one who have your son with you because of this. And of course, we know what the farmer said. But the point is, sometimes we just, at that moment when things happen, We don't know the outcome at the end of the day and judging it bad causes us to suffer. Just the moment that we decide this event is a bad event that shouldn't happen, that's the resistance. We think life has to be certain way because we don't agree with what is happening or we don't like it. And that's when we create resistance and resistance causes suffering and pain
0: hmm. Yeah, the resistance absolutely causes the suffering and pain. And I would say that in that, like, I'd love that story. And I know for myself that I've had similar experiences of looking back, right, and going, oh, I completely see now, and I'm so grateful for all of this difficult moments and pain and loss and seeming suffering. And I simultaneously, as I look back, recognize that my own suffering in those moments, it wasn't even necessarily the pain of the experience, but it was moments I was disconnected from my own truth and my own soul that really caused the disconnect and pain for me, because if I could experience those things that my mind might label bad with the awareness of the truth of my soul and feel that inner union with my divinity then there is no suffering even in the midst of that there might be pain but that's different and I suffered when I wasn't in connection with my divine self when I wasn't trusting my soul I suffered because I didn't have anything to hold on I did feel alone I didn't Um, trust what I knew and felt inside because I was so scared. And I think that's when we feel alone and that's when we don't trust the universe. It's because we're not trusting what we're feeling inside. And that's the reason for me that I'm so passionate about guiding clients into the truth of their own heart and body wisdom to connect with the voice of their soul because I just, my own personal experience, and I've experienced a lot, of trauma in this lifetime is that it's when we're in union with our divine nature and our inner truth and our souls knowing and our feelings that that gets us through everything else so that we have that bird's eye view we have that higher vision we have the eye of horus we have the capacity to co-create we have the capacity to get out of the suffering but if, we're not connected to that divine truth. We stay in the suffering. We stay in the cycles. And that is, is unnecessary. So because everything is here to help us, everything is here for us. But it's also up to us because we're divine, because we're co-creators, to then look at that, to create the consciousness around it so that we can lift up out of it, so that we don't have to keep reliving it. And I think collectively, we're doing that now by healing these past lives, healing these wounds on this planet. That's not gonna come from anybody else. It's each one of us creating consciousness. It's each person on this planet saying, I'm not gonna repeat the same cycles because I'm gonna create consciousness, because I'm going to be honest, because I'm gonna take responsibility, because I'm gonna choose differently. And it doesn't mean I'm not grateful for all that. It means I'm choosing not to recreate it. Yeah. It's
1: just all the transformation and change happen one person at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if we collectively have enough people that can tilt what's ha- going to happen next in the world, if more people awaken to their own, you know, their soul, their truth, their divine self, or the unity, the oneness. However, you know, people say it in a different way. But then then there is a force that even unconscious people would not be able to resist it. And they will shift towards that. And that's why it's it's a responsibility for all of us, really, especially at this time, as you said, uh, to take that time to do our own work, because there is, and I see it more and more. One person shifts and opens up to truth of who they are. They empower people around them to shift. So it's really important for uh, us individually to take the responsibility to keep opening our heart to ourselves and to others. There's that's the way i see it so we do our own work that we can actually be able to help others to do the same
0: yes and and one of the things I, i came up strongly when you were saying that is that so often when we are making these radical shifts and starting to trust the soul one of the things that can stop us from surrendering into that is not understanding it right where the mind is like that from me i'll say Mm -hmm, i -hmm. couldn't understand it and i see this a lot in clients like well i don't understand that Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me or but my rational mind can't wrap itself around it so i can't do that and it doesn't have to it's not that's part of what's limited us is that if we try to only do what's rational only do what's logical only do what makes sense or worse this is a lack, lack of sovereignty, only do what other people think is okay, right, or what we're told by society is acceptable, which are the biggest things I was struggling against Mm. 10 years ago. And that it's not about it making sense. Because one of the things that keeps us caged, and stuck to society's view, or worldly view, or just our humanity without our divinity, is only believing in what we see with physical eyes it's only believing in what can be understood and reasoned and logicalized because and yes i made up that word because i like that word (laughs) logicalized (laughs) (laughs) that it keeps us stuck to a 3d reality and in order to transition into a five year higher in order to transition into our divinity and the world of soul and sovereignty we have to trust the invisible we have to give the invisible and what can only be felt and only be known and only be experienced just as much if not more credit than what we can see with our physical eyes And that in ancient Egypt was the eye of Horus. That is the capacity to rise above, right? So it's very much related to our consciousness, but we have to trust that.
1: Yeah, because you can only see what you believe to be true. In a way, your belief dictates exactly what you're experiencing, in a way. So there's that Four Noble Truth that Buddha talked about, that there is... Um, Suffering exists in the world and then the second one is the cause of suffering is our attachment to what we believe, our attachment to material world in a way that we think it needs to exist that causes us to not be able to let go of the resistance and that's sometimes it's just, you know, our attachment to our conditions what we were told to be true, what now maybe is our belief. And that is causing us to not actually be open to see anything different from that and not trusting what we cannot see, which is (laughs) what we see and experience has a lot to do with our, our conditioning. So, you know, we have to be willing to go above that and trust in that first, as you said, the invisible in a way to be able to see and create something beyond our own conditioned mind
0: and what we believe. I mean, I have definitely experienced things that I didn't believe in before mm-hmm. I experienced them. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, the like the Buddha example of, you know, the what creates the suffering is the attachment to the material. That's the same exact teaching of Isis, the Egyptian queen mm-hmm. of heaven and earth, because and her story, I'll give it really briefly because it's very much related to the surrender that Her husband, Osiris, was killed, and there are different versions of the story, so I'll give the most simple uh, and shortest for the sake of time. But her husband, Osiris, was killed by their brother, Set, who has actually become the devil in Christianity, the red-hoved devil. And he was um, jealous of Osiris and his kingship and everything that he experienced and was given. And so he killed him in one story. He cut him into 14 pieces and dumped his body in the river. Isis put him back together again. She grieved and mourned and put his body back together again. And then he killed him again. After she did this and. in the story is Isis was. She was a goddess and she was literally born of the sky onto earth she knew herself as goddess she was queen she reigned supreme and she was grieving and mourning and drumming and pulling her hair out and just in so much grief that people thought she was a beggar she dressed in beggar's clothes she no longer wore her royal robes and it wasn't until she ended up in this particular house um, where she was helping to take care of they're the baby of this king and queen in another land. I believe it was Persia actually. And she was taking care of their baby and she was trying to make the baby immortal. And at that moment his parents walked in the door and she it interrupted the process. And in that moment she remembered her goddess nature and no longer was just a beggar and the street clothes. And it was that that ended her suffering. And so the point of the story is that she was suffering and suffering and suffering because she herself lost sight of her own goddess nature. She herself lost sight of her divinity. And it was through the remembering, through this weird process, right? Through the being interrupted and remembering, oh, this is who I am, that she could come back into her truth because We suffer when we resist our truth. We suffer when we resist and we are separated from our divinity and, and surrender requires us in my mind in my personal experience over and over and over. I have, I have surrendered sometimes through lots of resistance, sometimes very easily had to surrender into the path of my soul, which has taken me completely different places than I ever would have imagined, ever would have chosen consciously never made sense to me and continues to do that and I continuously every day have to surrender into okay what is it my soul wants what is it my soul desires for me what is it I feel and know to be true despite what I see with my physical eyes that is the only way we're going to embody our divinity it is the only way we're going to live and ascend on this planet is by that inner truth because it will never come from outside of us
1: yeah i mean i love what you said and that's the whole game we gotta keep remembering who we are forget and bringing ourselves back and remembering who we truly are seems <laughs> that's that's our path right just um keep moving forward and reminding ourselves who we truly are and Uh, when we are so in our mind, which I think the resistance comes from our mind, right? And just believe what our mind is, which is our ego mind trying to protect us, as you say, to keep us safe. But uh, believing that's our only, that's who we are and not getting beyond what is um is causing us the protection cause us to suffer right we protect ourselves and resisting life and resisting and that's what we're trying to let go of who we
0: think we are and becoming who we truly are that's exactly it it's like that is the key to surrender it's are we going to believe that we're just this physical form are we going to believe just the mind are we going to believe we're divine. Are we going to believe we have a soul? Are we going to believe our eternal truth? What are we going to believe? And what are we going to believe is more real? And I know for me, I know that whenever I resisted a soul truth, it's because I was actually so afraid of claiming how powerful I really am, that I am that divine. I am that powerful. I am that, and it was. It's. It continues to be sometimes that fear, that can stop me or create that resistance to stepping off the cliff, right? To. To trust what I cannot see and cannot grasp and have nothing to hold on to, because that's what's required of us right now to make this shift on this planet, and to heal the lineages and to heal the past. It's. It requires us to trust our inner world and develop that relationship it requires it i don't see any other way i don't i truly don't see any other way i agree
1: well thank you jessica this was a great
0: conversation as always yes i love that you suggested this topic because I knew we could take surrender really deeply. And I'm curious if we want to leave anything with the listener, uh, a little practice or something um, to summarize this for them as, as they go forward.
1: I would love to hear your practice and your perspective on
0: this. So if we're to wrap it up, in a couple words, because I know we both said a lot. If we're going to wrap it up in a couple of words, I would say, when it comes to surrender, surrender is trusting the invisible and being willing to honor what cannot be seen, even when it doesn't make sense to the rational mind, because you're willing to honor the truth of who you are. and not resist that truth and then i would say a practice or a suggestion for this other than of course those who want to take it deeply working one-on-one or in group offerings uh, the womb activation that i have online that's always available is really way good way to connect with the inner voice connect with the soul's truth if if that's where you are but really take the time to start distinguishing between what the head is saying and what the heart is saying and i would say that would be my recommendation to really become an expert at distinguishing the difference within yourself and this is where a coach or guide can really help you because when you're on a certain path, it can be really difficult as we both know, to distinguish between the subconscious and the conscious and a fear and the truth. And, but to really start to listen and feel into the difference. And for me, the simple way to know the difference is when it's the soul, it rises up from within and when it's the head, it's coming down. It's from the outside. The soul is coming from the body. It's coming from the womb. It's coming from the heart. And it's usually more felt. It's usually more known. It's usually more of a knowing, not something you really have to make sense of or question or logicalize. Yeah, yeah. great, great uh, <clears throat> way to,
1: I think, become aware, as you were mentioning, again, just opening that awareness, because all of this happens when we become aware, and really take the seat of witnessing ourselves, So, which is, again, a portal to that is present moment, I think, when And each moment we have an opportunity to see things differently. And uh, sometimes we just need that extra help for someone to guide us through it. And um, you have your offering, which I think we're going to put a link (laughs) beneath this show and in our podcast notes. And the opportunities are out there. We just need to be willing to take that and give ourselves a chance to see things in a different way to open up that border
0: for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being willing to see differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the mind is based on what we've been told, it's based on the other, it's based on all the societal and and the soul's truth is not. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Nas. It's been fun as always. And thank you to our listeners. And check out the links below for our offerings. If you desire that support, let us know what other topics you'd like us to discuss. If you have questions or comments, you're welcome to post them. We're always happy to hear from you. And we're so grateful for you because we can do this because you're listening. Yes. Thanks. Until the next time. Until next time.